Welcome to Two Broke Guys Selling Art, where your two broke hosts, Simon and Lex, learn to inspire themselves and you into becoming greater artists. Journey with us as we learn about illustration and design and what it takes to be a professional artist. Hello, welcome to Two Broke Guys Selling Art. You might think, who is that on the other line? This is Nicole Welch, wife of Simon Toast, your normal host of Two Broke Guys. Lex is chilling this evening, so I figured, why not interview my husband, Simon Welch? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Two Broke Guys Selling Art. Thanks for joining us this evening. Yes, it's the evening of April the 7th. And I've got a few questions for you. First off, tell us a little bit about you, Simon. <laughs> well, uh, I was born and raised in a small town in North Texas, um, where I stay and I got married and we have a family and two shitty dogs right now. Um, and that's about it. I've got three older sisters... Uh, you know, I'm the youngest. That's it. Well, that kind of leads me into my first question for you. How has nature or nurture impacted your artistry? Hmm, that's a good question that I've never thought about. Um, I guess it's, I guess, probably more nurture. Um... Uh, growing up, a lot of people told me that I would be good at art. I still don't believe them. But, um, it was one of those things where, you know, once I, once I told my parents that's what I wanted to do coming out of high school, I got the talk like, you know, it's not going to make a lot of money. And I said, screw you, old man. It's going to make millions. And he was so right. But, you know... Uh, he, my parents, my stepdad and my mom and my dad, uh, completely supported me and everything that I was doing and helped me through college and whatnot. So, I mean, I would say it was a nurture. My sister was into art too, my, my middle sister. So. <laughs> Your middle sister, Amanda? Yeah. Uh, names don't matter on here. <laughs> I don't, we don't have to say their name. <laughs> How was she into art? Uh, she just took it in high school. She was she was the same as I feel now about my own art, is that she was technically um, skilled, but she didn't have a lot of creativity. You know, she drew a lot of puppies and shit. <laughs> I don't draw puppies, but it was a lot of stuff like that. Who would your who would you say is your audience? Oh, to, to me, it's hard to pin down an audience uh, for my work. I would say nerdy people. People that kind of like... It's almost like, you know, we watch uh, Ink Master, and they're all about new age stuff, and that's the way I kind of feel about my artwork. But it's not like overly new age. I don't know. I, I would just say nerds, because I, like I like to make things that are neat to look at, but don't necessarily make you think too much. I don't feel like there's a reason for that, you know. So, what they call art for art's sake. 
And are you meaning the genre of new school when you say new age on Ink Master? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I had to uh, come out and say Ink Master is definitely my influence on Simon. I subject him to Ink Master. There we go. Thank you for adjusting my mic. Uh, I just love reality shows where they put artists together to collaborate and yell at each other in competitive situations. Simon, what have been the most fun, touching, or rewarding moments in collaboration projects you've done so far? Uh, well, right now I'm working on uh, a project with a fellow artist, which is, um, I would say, touching, because we actually get to work on something that might have a deeper meaning, which is kind of cool. It's a new experience for me anyway. A lot of times I have to, uh, we'll be talking and I kind of have to pull myself up. Well, can I just make it look neat, you know? Uh, so that's a, a new experience. Um, but I would say... In school, what was the question again? What was the... Most rewarding collaboration. Oh, yeah, I would say the most rewarding that I've ever experienced. Um, in my undergrad, we had this project where there was like a, a giant collage on the wall with all these billboard parts that we had built and like there were chairs hanging and stuff and it was like a, a work on perspective. But that wasn't even the artwork. The, the point of all that was to have each student pick a sector and then draw it from a certain angle of the room so we were all positioned around the room and we drew it and then once we were all done we um, put it all together as a giant piece each with a different little quadrant and uh, it was really neat to see how things aligned or didn't align but they were like you know right next to each other if that makes sense, in the picture plane. So that was like the coolest thing, seeing all that talent work on a big, huge piece. It was pretty fun. When you're exhausted, what questions do you ask yourself to get back on track? Why am I doing this with my life? <laughs> no, that doesn't put any, that didn't get anybody back on track. Uh, yeah, the mic is just killing me. I feel like it's suffocating me. It's so close to my face. Um, now, as far as, like, what I ask myself to get back on track, that's a tough one. Um, really, I just have to remember the enjoyment of, the, of what I'm doing. You know, like, why do I make art? It's to give somebody, uh, give people something nice to look at or to enhance a brand or, you know... It's, I mean, it's the definition of art. It's something, something nice, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's really it, I guess. What is an absurd thing that you love? Uh, I, so the absurdity of my obsessions are usually based in, like, I really love Zippo lighters. I really love Airstream motorhomes. And I really like Space Age toasters. There's nothing weird behind that. Like, a lot of people, uh, some of my work is based around that, or I'll just choose toasters, as I've said in a previous episode, as, like, a personification of good or evil or whatever, blah, blah. 
But really, I just think that they're kind of neat looking. Has nothing to do with the Brave Little Toaster. It's not some weird collector thing. I don't collect toasters. I just kind of think they're neat looking. I don't know why. Maybe it's the round edges. But yeah, no, I would say that those are my weird things. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, I would say just kind of working harder on something, on, on things. Like, I think you mentioned it today on, on something I was working on. You were like, wow, you've really picked up your logo game in the last couple of whatever months, you said. But really, I would say that's a um, big improvement overall. A lot of times people would say, oh, I kind of want this with that. And I would assume that that's what they wanted because I've had experiences with people saying, oh, I want this or that, and then I do my own thing, and they're like, well, I wanted this or that. So now I'm kind of taking it and trying to do, you know, work a little harder, find a good concept that they will like better than their idea, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I'm just trying to work a little harder on concepts and um, uh, overall, you know, work ethic and, and uh, presentation. How do you seek out opportunities? So really, I would say I seek out opportunity by simply not saying no, which is kind of a character flaw. But, um, and I don't, I don't like to let people down. And I don't like to say no in general. I want to, I have FOMO out the roof. So, when somebody asks me if they if I want to work on a project or if I want to uh, be a part of some bigger thing, I'm usually like, yeah, let's do it. Um, for example, this last week, uh, there was like a theater day where they shut down the whole sixth grade in a town nearby us. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not into theater really at all, um, but they wanted a visual artist to help because I guess that's part of it. So I was asked uh, if I would teach a small class, so I taught some screen printing. I think the kids, like, they just loved the hell out of it, which was great. And I got to meet some, um, you know, fellow artists. So it was a nice networking thing. Of course, they were all, like, theater people, so they were, like, singing and dancing and tap dancing to each other. Yeah, you ever have someone sing at you, you know, when you're listening to music? It's like weird, right? <laughs> it was a room full of that. So, um, otherwise, I mean, it was great. But um, that's kind of, the point is that I tend to try to get involved with things like that, even if I really don't necessarily want to do them. I'll, f I'll force myself to hopefully have some kind of, you know, good outcome. I don't know. That is interesting, and saying no, I can see you view that sort of as your weakness, and from time to time, like in these scenarios, you saying no has led to some positive outcomes for you, and more significantly, instead of saying no as your weakness, what significant failure has set you up for a later success? Um, oh, I don't know. 
Did you have something in mind when you wrote down that question? <laughs> uh, I guess, honestly, if you want to call it failure, I had a job that was just a pain in the ass. And um, the failure was that I, I just, I don't know, my boss, I feel like she had it out for me, but I guess the failure was really that I just uh, decided to quit on it. I couldn't do it anymore. I had something lined up, of course, but... I was making pretty good money. I just couldn't do that anymore. Um, so in my eyes, that was the failure, is not being able to be copacetic with my shitty coworkers. But, you know, it led to me being able to do things with our local arts alliance, uh, Wichita Falls Alliance for Arts and Culture. And, you know, in doing that, uh, I got connected with a pretty powerful, I don't know, arts organizer in town who just spreads the lie that I'm, like, a good teacher. I don't know why she keeps telling people that. I don't know. Uh, Amber is doing the same thing. She keeps telling people I'm good with kids. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand them, but whatever. <laughs> I like teaching them. Uh, that's that's fine enough. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I would say that the failure of, you know, quitting my job has led to a, a better success and being able to kind of have freedom and, and work with other artists in town. What are bad recommendations you hear in your area of expertise? Um, oh, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, as far as like, I don't know if you want to talk about like graphic design. I think, oh, I don't know, man. I can't think of it. I could, like, if you pointed at something and said, like, hey, what's wrong with this? I'd be like, well, that person obviously spent way too much money on that crappy design or whatever. But as far as, like, I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. Okay. Last year, I believe, the Lincoln Center came down from New York to our place of residence. Wichita Falls, and they led a teaching artistry workshop. Now, for our listeners at home or on the go, what are some things you learned from that that inspired you and was effective when you applied that, uh, the things you learned in a teaching scenario? Um, well, things that I, I mean, the things that I learned there were that it's okay to be yourself around other people, which is something I've always had difficulty with. When you're in a room full of artists, everybody's fucking weird, so it's okay to be weird, you know. Um, somebody's got some weird obsession and whatnot. Um, but another thing that... I mean, I guess one of the key things that I learned in it, I mean, there are always refreshers that I would need, so please forgive me if you're from the Lincoln Center and you hear this and you go, that is not what we taught. But um, it was about, like, asking questions and not telling, uh, in, in my case, like, these kids that I teach, not telling them exactly what I want them to do. So if you're trying to teach somebody to do work, it's difficult with skills-based learning because you have to teach them how to do, you know, like if I'm trying to teach somebody how to work on Illustrator, I have to show them how the program works. But 
um, you can circumvent that by asking a lot of questions and kind of letting people figure things out for themselves. And if you if you avoid telling people what to do, they'll have more creativity. They won't be based on what they think you want out of them. So I would say that was what I learned, you know. It is a pretty new concept. Uh, and I must say, as your wife, when you described it to me, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Um, and I think you did a great job in learning things from that and applying it in your scenarios like you had taught recently at Iowa Park. And then you had a short spell there for the WFISD high school kids in junior high in our city. Now, how would you say the small classes compared to the big classes um, and what kind of person would an artist need to be or build themselves up to be if they were going into the teaching field? If, well, if they're going to an actual teaching field, I mean, I only have two days of experience, okay? But if they're going into the actual teaching field, you have to learn how to be a damn babysitter because that's why I don't like children. They suck. High school kids suck. They, you know, I sound like an old person. They're on their phones all the time. They are. But, I mean, it just depends on the district. Like, in Alma Park, it was a smaller classroom, so you could actually kind of control the situation. And, uh, you know, you could kind of talk to the students individually. They could be people. Uh, when I was teaching high school, you know, I had like 29 students in one of my classes. And that's why the junior high that I taught at, uh, at WFISD was better, too, because it had small student count. But at the high school, it was 29 students in three different classes. None of them wanted to be there. If any of them did want to be there, they would want to be cool like the other kids that didn't want to be there. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, you you kind of have to... I don't know, you know, you have to just try to find a way to interest kids re related into what they what they already like. You know, try to be cool. They, they'll never think you're cool. So. Refreshing answer and blunt yet appropriate. <laughs> like an answering service. <laughs> I really think so. Honesty is a great policy, and whereas I'm an optimist, you're more of a realist, and that would be something I could see artists wanting to know. Oh, I never thought about that before. I appreciate you saying realist and not pessimist. <laughs> He's coming far away, people. <laughs> Let me see. So, you're talking about some rebellious kids. What are some things that you were also rebellious about or when you were growing up? How did you rebel from the norm? I didn't rebel against anything. Nothing. The, not, seriously, nothing. Not until like my junior year of high school did I start like wearing band t-shirts and smoking weed and shit. That was it. <laughs> and that, I don't do that anymore. 
Okay, thank you, concerned parents. But that's what I, in high school, that was the only way I rebelled. And I didn't even feel right. I was just, and I, people say this all the time, but I was like a good kid. I didn't get in trouble. My parents can tell you that. I was like, I'm still definitely afraid of people being mad at me, like breaking the rules. So I try not to uh, do any of that. So short answer <laughs> to that question. Well. Oh, I smoked cigarettes. That's how I rebelled. I smoked cigarettes. He smoked cigarettes. He smoked with cigarettes. He smoked with cigarettes. Did you do any hood, hood rat stuff with your friends? No. No hood rat stuff. Okay. Now coming back to modern day. Well, I guess in the past 10 years, what all have you sold in terms of your art? Oh, pfft. And count that on one hand. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, I was like, I was pretty good at <laughs> uh, selling stuff when I was like in elementary school and stuff. I would, uh, I had these brush markers and I could draw people's names pretty cool. So I'd sell people pieces of paper with their name on it for a quarter. I didn't sell a lot of that, but I did sell a few. Uh, oh, at Valentine's Day. Uh, these kids were like, we could draw whatever we wanted to on our little Valentine's sack, and they were drawing South Park, but I could do it better, so I like got some money. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking cookie money, guys. Um, I want to say this is more than ten years. Oh yeah, well, ten years. I didn't do art in high school at all. Um, really, I drew stuff. Ask Lex. Lex will, get, Lex will get on here and tell you that he saw me sketching in my sketchbooks, but I didn't really draw anything or sell anything or, you know, I just didn't really do art. I was more interested in doing hood rat shit with my friends, not really. Um, but in college, I sold a few pieces from my undergrad work. No, I sold one piece for my undergrad work, and the guy died, so I got it back <laughs> randomly. Uh, one of my professors was at his like estate sale, and he's like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy's work, and so he bought it for $12 and gave it back to me, sold it back to me <laughs> for $12. So so I made like, you know, I made uh, 60 bucks on it or whatever, and all in all, because I had to pay some money back, $63. <laughs> um. And then, let's see. I don't know. I can't think of everything that I've sold. I usually give art away. I've sold some things now, but it's usually like logos. I don't sell a lot of like personal artwork. What do you want to do? I want to bark. Shut up. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like what I'm doing now. Making, I like logo work and stuff. Um, that's like, that's what I really, really enjoy more than anything else. I like to make logos for people. And, um, I think that's why I'm trying to put more effort into it. But unfortunately, it's, it's hard to get work from what I've seen. Um, it's hard to get work as just like a logo guy, you know? People want you to do layout. You either have to do what I'm doing now, which is like, oh, you get to work on logos 
once, you know, 1% out of 90% of your work is logos, or 100% of your work is logos, and then the other 99% are uh, business card layouts or <laughs> form layouts or whatever. Um, and I'm not interested in, like, working on the web, really, so I don't know. Trying to enhance people's brands, that's what I want to do. Describe a jack-of-all-trades, what positives and negatives you derive from uh, a current artist that would be labeled that. What? Jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, I know, but of someone else that's a jack-of-all-trades? What benefit could be derived from that? Mm-hmm. Fill in what the whole saying is. Well, it's, uh, apparently there's more to it than even I thought. It's like the jack of all trades, better than a, or better than master of none. But, uh, wait, jack of all trades, master of none, oft times better than master of one. That's the whole phrase. Anyway, um. So what do I see the benefit in, in being a jack-of-all-trades or someone else being a jack-of-all-trades? I'm confused. Someone else? <laughs> sure. Um, would you consider yourself a jack-of-all-trades? I think a lot of artists kind of just are. There's a lot of people that excel in certain things. I, I honestly probably excel in three-dimensional work, but I don't like doing it that much. It's like a... Uh, for lack of a better phrase, innate talent. But um, almost every artist I know works in so many different areas because when you're when you're an artist for work, um, which a lot of the people I, I know do it as their job, like that's what they do as their job, um, <clears throat> even if they don't make a lot of money at it. They... Um, Somebody be like, hey, I need you to sculpt this. They're like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> like, hey, I need you to paint this mural. It's like, yeah, I think I could do that. You know, you just like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> you just pick up whatever job you can. You pick it up off the ground. Damn it, you need that job. So you figure out how to do things as an artist. Uh, is what I've kind of learned over the years. There's plenty of things I'm not very good at that I've done, you know, that I do as work. What are those things that you're not good at that you've done for work? Well, I mean, I did a donation recently that was like a watercolor. A lot of people would say that I did a really a good job. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I was so surprised. I did not think he could he did that kind of thing and it turned out really well and that piece, two of his pieces were bought. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were sold. It was a volunteer thing but that was one of those things that I'm that I don't really like doing that much I don't really like watercolors that much but I mean I guess I did a pretty good job at it um so that was one kind of job and what led you to wanting to do a watercolor uh watercolor to me is that it's the only painting I understand I've never messed with the oils acrylic to me looks too blocky and I like the um, translucence of watercolor. So that's why I chose it. What things 
do you wish were more transparent in terms of being a local artist? Um, I know that you're young now, but were there any other harsh truths that you realize now being 32 years old compared to when you were about 20? I'm I'm sorry. I missed that whole thing. (laughs) Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. My head can be in a little cloudy space sometime. But, um, you get lost in the spaces of your speech. I'm like waiting for the next word. <laughs> Some things that you had said, like, well, you got to learn to be a babysitter. If you could talk to yourself as a 20 year old now, you're a 32 year old talking to your 20 year old self, what would you say? Be a biologist. <laughs> that's, that's really what I wanted to do in school. I mean, I'm good at I'm good at biology, you know. That's like my I'm I'm smart <laughs> with science, but uh, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I am good at at biology, but in that whole field. Um, honestly, I guess I would say to get involved with um, the things that I'm doing now earlier, kind of understand them more. I was very hesitant to ever mess with computers. I mean, I had computers and stuff, but. I wasn't like, oh, I guess I just didn't know that it was even a thing, you know? I didn't ever think of graphic design as a career until it was like my junior year. I was like, that's a thing? That's like people do that for money? That's what's on that package? Somebody made that? You know, I don't know. I didn't ever think about it. So I guess I would try to get involved a little earlier, maybe go to a different college that had a not shitty graphic design professor. He's, he doesn't do it anymore, but there was a guy, well, he didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but anyway, yep, that, that would be my advice. Learn how to web design. I think that's all the questions I have. Are there any questions you would like me to ask you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any suggestions. For well, question. one more question. In terms of inspirations, how about people, you know, portrayed in movies or in real life have served as like a more of a mentor role? You would like to be like them or you derive some wisdom from who are those people? Oh, I don't know. I'm blanking on movies. I can't think of any any people that I would want to be my mentor in movies. I don't like movies. <laughs> I I kind of like them, but like I like stupid movies that are like superheroes and stuff because they feel good and they don't make me cry. Nicole loves to cry. She loves to cry in movies. That's her favorite pastime. That's my release. Okay, skip this mentor question. What's a form of release for you other than your artwork? Uh, Artwork to me isn't really a release, unfortunately. I mean, I enjoy it, but it always kind of feels like work, which is terrible. Most, 
I, I had a professor that would get on to me. He'd be like, I don't know why students won't come in and make cylinders, which is a ceramics thing. Like, I don't know why students won't come in and make cylinders. Artwork is what you want to do. You should want to do it all the time. And I was like, I don't want to do it all the time. <laughs> it really made me wonder, you know, if I was doing the right thing. Because I, I need a break sometimes. I know some people that are just like 100 miles per hour art all the time. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. My release usually... I like video games because I don't really have to think. I like reading. Um, I read a lot of Stephen King books. I don't know. Yeah, those are those things. I like to lift heavy things, too. Mm -hmm. Pick up heavy weights and put them down. Tell them how much you are No, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going right to tell, <laughs> tell anybody about what my squat is. Thanks. <laughs> okay. What is something you would like to achieve in the next five years? Uh, in the next five years, I would like to have a more secure job. That's <laughs> number one. Like, I'm happy where I'm at, but they're, uh, working a part-time job isn't super... I don't feel secure. I'd like to have health insurance. Health insurance in the next five years. Health insurance, 2025. Send that go. <laughs> okay, well... That's all the questions I have. Thank you for joining me on the couch tonight, Simon. Well, thanks for hosting the show, Nicole. I appreciate it. Uh, and thanks all the listeners. We're sorry about, you know, having these pause between episodes. Um, we've just been having difficulty, Lex and I, and, uh, and I've had some interview uh, interviews on the table that have kind of fallen through. Uh, which isn't terrible, you know, as an adult, it's hard It's hard to sit down and do stuff that's not, like, family-oriented or <laughs> work or something else, you know, like, taking time out of your day to podcast is kind of hard. So, anyway, thank you for listening to all of our um, previous episodes and keeping up to date with us, and hopefully we'll come back with a you know at least a bi-monthly schedule or something and be more regular um but yeah thanks nicole for being a um host today main host uh where can they reach you y'all can see me at youtube.com slash music anywhere else you can listen to my music on soundcloud.com slash a-K-A Polly Pocket <laughs> and as always you can find me as Simon Toast on pretty much everything Instagram uh, SimonToast.com it looks like Simeon Toast um, and yeah that's about it so I hope you don't mind listening to me talk about myself I, I mind it <laughs> uh, but you know this is just we, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll hope you come back. All right? All right. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.